Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. I was watching my 16-month-old grandchild the other day, and her mom had gone to the doctor, and she started crying because she missed her mom. She didn't want to be with me. She wanted her mom. And so I picked her up, and I said to her, you want your mommy, huh? And she kept crying, and I said, you want your mommy? And she calmed down. So I said, mommy will come back. Let's go outside. It's amazing to me how at 16 months old, she could calm herself because she had been heard, because she had been understood. To me, that shows that even at such a young age, conversations are important. Conversations can change someone's emotions. They can influence how we feel about ourselves. They can motivate us to do things. Conversations and the way we handle them are really important. We're talking today about a kind of conversation where we want to try to motivate someone else, where we're trying to get them to do something, where we hope that they will make some changes, maybe because it's really important, maybe because it's a health issue. We have good reasons for wanting people to change, but we're us and they're them, and we don't get to control them or get them to change or make them change or do anything that's really them instead of us, except for have a conversation. So in a motivation conversation, there's things that really work really well and things that don't really work really well. One of the things that don't work at all is to try to talk someone into something, to try to tell them how they should be doing it, or to try to convince them that this is what they need to be doing right now. It's not going to work very well. There's two sets of researchers that have really spent decades looking into this. They're researchers that were trying to help drinkers stop drinking and smokers stop smoking. And so these two separate sets of researchers came up with really similar things. And they found that just telling someone to do it isn't going to help. And so what do you do instead? How do you motivate people to do something that they know is good for them and that they actually kind of want to do it some level, but that it's hard to change? One set of researchers came up with something called motivational interviewing, which is a whole set of questions and and techniques for getting people to talk about the change that they want to make so that you're not talking to them, they're talking to you about it. If you were to Google motivational interviewing on the internet, there's all kinds of examples on YouTube of videos of a doctor or a dentist or a psychologist or whoever in the health field trying to get somebody to do something, and they always have a video A and a video B. Video A is that person trying to get them to do it by persuading them, by convincing them, by telling them that they should, by telling them all the good reasons that they need to be changing, by shaming them, by by demanding that they change. And then there's always a video B, which uses motivational interviewing in a way that evokes the change talk from the person. It asks them what's hard about it. It asks them what they really want underneath it. It asks them what they've done in the past and what's worked well for them in the past. It asks them how important it is to them on a scale of one to 10. How important is this for you? All of those motivational interviewing questions invite people to talk and think about what it is that they actually want to change and why they want to change it. In class today, we were talking about motivational interviewing, and one of the participants did this example of, first of all, trying to persuade someone else to 
I think the thing that they were trying to do was to read more because they just hadn't been reading lately and they really enjoyed it and missed it. And so they persuaded them to do it or tried to persuade them. And then they used the motivational interviewing techniques where they just asked them about their reasons why they wanted to read more and how they thought they might go about it and all kinds of things to just evoke them talking about this change that they wanted to make. And afterwards, when we talked about what they learned, first of all, there was a lot of discomfort around being on the receiving end of trying someone trying to get you to change. It was not a good experience. But the second one was when they were doing their own motivational speech and their own change talk, he said that he didn't realize how much he wanted to actually make this change to go back and do some more reading. He was motivated to go out and at least get a book and put it in the room so he had that option when he felt like it. Telling someone else why he wanted to change didn't just help them understand better why he wanted to change, it also helped himself better understand why he wanted to change. When he put it into words, it made it more powerful in his life, this idea that I actually do want to make this change. In motivational interviewing, there were always professionals who had an appointment with and were talking with someone, and so there was already a conversation set up. When we're talking to our kids, I think one of the good ideas for creating this kind of conversation is to ask permission, both inside the conversation and actually even before the conversation starts. Like, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Is this a good time for you? Asking permission in the middle of a conversation really gives the person a sense of control and autonomy and an idea that I have a part in this conversation too. I'm not just meant to sit here and listen. And so we can ask things like, hey, I have an idea. Would you like to hear it? Or I have a story about that. Do you mind if I tell it? Or, you know, I have some advice. Are you open to it? And here's the really important part. If you were to ask for permission and say, for example, hey, I have some advice. Are you open to hear it? And then our child says, not right now, mom. I can't do this right now. Or, you know what? No, I got this. Don't worry about it. We have to be able to actually stop in the middle of that conversation and say, okay, sounds like you've got this. And just let it go and not give them the advice. Now, that doesn't mean we never talk to them about it again. Later on, we might come up and say, I really need this to happen. And so I want to talk to you about it because this is an issue for me. And so I need to bring it up again. Asking permission doesn't give your child complete control to always just say, no, I never want to talk about this. But it does give them a little bit more autonomy. Rather than just in the middle of a motivation conversation, jumping in and trying to fix it and tell your kids how to handle something, ask for permission. Hey, I have an idea that might work. Do you want to hear it or would you rather handle this on your own? And then when they want to handle it on their own, just let them. Or if they want some help, that's great. Then talk about it and help. One of my favorite techniques when you're having a motivation conversation and you're trying to talk about something and get someone to do something but trying to really have them sort of talk themselves into it is to treat the topic at hand as though it's an apple out on the table. So you put an apple on the table, or at least have this imagery of, here's this apple out here between the two of us on the table. It's not me, and it's not you, we're talking about the apple. We're not talking about how frustrated I am, and we're not talking about how inept you are. We're just talking about the apple. This thing out here needs to get done. Maybe it's the idea that an older teenager needs to get a job in order to prepare themselves for the future. 
Maybe a younger child needs to take out the trash because that's part of their job. So rather than attacking the person and saying, hey, you need to take out the trash, you need to get this job, we talk about the apple out here in the middle. Hey, there's this trash thing, and there's this chore chart as a family that we've talked about, and this isn't happening. Let's talk about the apple and what's going on with it. Let's talk about the trash and figure out what's going on and what's happening. The second imagery I like is that we're unpacking something. It's like there's a suitcase and we've opened it up and we're just unpacking this with a bunch of questions, a bunch of open-ended questions, so you can tell me all about what's going on with whatever it is I'm asking you to do. And so as we talk about it and you start giving me answers to why you're not interested in taking out the trash or why it's bothering you or why you don't do it, then we have lots of different reasons that come up. Maybe it's because it's smelling. Maybe it's because it's too heavy. Maybe it's because the time you want me to do it, I'm tired when I get home from school and I don't want to do it then. Maybe it's because I just think you're mean and I don't like you and I really don't want to do anything that you ask me to do. There's a lot of reasons that it could be. And so when we unpack it, we get these reasons out in the open and then we can do something with them. The time to do something with them may not be right there in that conversation. We may just unpack it, ask them some questions, get a little feel for what's going on and say, thanks, I was really wondering what was going on with that. Maybe we can talk about it another time and just let it go. Give them some time to percolate on these new things that they've just said because they may not even have been aware of them themselves. Another skill right when you're in the middle of a motivation conversation is to recognize resistance. Like notice when they kind of tune out and stop listening or when they start saying, Mom or Dad, or when they start arguing with whatever's going on. So when you notice that resistance, here's the imagery I always get. I don't know if you've seen Kung Fu Panda, but there's a point where Poe, the big panda who's learned this whole martial arts, gets attacked with these big fireballs. And he's standing out in this ocean, and I don't know what he's even standing on, but there's water all around him. And he's getting attacked by these fireballs being thrown at him. And he finally gets the whole culmination of his training where he rolls with it and he doesn't fight it and he doesn't get aggressive with it. He just rolls with it and he takes these fireballs and he rolls with them and then just shoots them right back at the person. Now, in a conversation, we're not shooting things at each other. That's argumentative. What we're doing is we're rolling with the resistance. So when you notice someone resisting in a conversation and kind of not wanting to do this anymore and not being a part of it, then there's a lot of things you can do to notice that. Like, hey, I noticed something just happened. Are you feeling pressured? It seems like maybe you don't want to do this anymore. It seems like maybe you're worried that I'm trying to force you to do this. You get to choose here. Remind them of their autonomy. You can reframe it to reduce the battle. You can remind them there's an apple there and put the apple back on the table to say, hey, this is not about me and this is not about you. This is about, as a team, looking at this apple, this job, this thing that we have to get done and figuring out together how to do it so we get both of our needs met. Another great way to involve kids in a motivation conversation is to ask them open-ended questions. Open-ended questions are questions that can't be answered with a yes or a no. It really requires some kind of a response. We can ask them, tell me some good reasons that you want to do this thing. Or even better, tell me some reasons you don't want to do this thing. 
there are always good reasons not to want to do something. So let's just get those out on the table and acknowledge that we don't always want to do these things that we need to do. We can ask, how do you see this going? Or what do you want to get out of this conversation? We can ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, how motivated are you to do this thing? Or how confident do you feel in being able to do this if you had to do it? Like, do you feel like you could actually pull it off? If you were going to do it, how might you go about it? Like, what would your approach be? Open-ended questions gets the other person talking so that they can start exploring how they actually feel about this thing. And a lot of the times, they actually come up with the same rationale that you do, but it's coming from their mouth instead of yours. And so it's a lot more appealing to them rather than feel like they have to listen to you. It's like kind of their own idea. For me, having any kind of a conversation with our kids happens on kind of two layers. One layer is that we love them. We have a relationship with them. We're their parents. And so, of course, we're going to have conversations with them. And underneath that conversation is this layer of love and meaning and of relationship. And then the second layer is that every conversation is kind of a set of skills, a set of social skills, a set of skills with how to stand up for ourselves, but how to listen, how to calm emotions, how to understand what's happening, how to reflectively listen, how to empathize, how to validate. And when we get those separate little set of skills down, it improves our conversations and helps to move them along without getting them sidetracked. I know all of us have been in a conversation with our family members and we're moving along just talking about something and all of a sudden the conversation gets derailed and we're like, whoa, what just happened here? We can't quite figure out what happened and part of that is because we're lacking skills in how to have these conversations. And so for me, parenting is part relationship where we love our kids and we are good parents because we love them and we're engaged and we want to work hard on this. And the second part is being good at parenting, which is a whole bucket load of skills that we can learn one at a time. We can learn how to have better conversations. We can learn how to listen to the emotions of our kids to help them calm down. We can learn how to stand up for ourselves with I messages and to say what we need to say. Every one of those things is a separate skill. And every one of those skills can be learned in a few weeks of practice. It's worth breaking down these skills into individual things that we can learn and get good at. It will change the way we interact with our kids. It'll change the kinds of conversations that we have with them. We love our kids and we're good parents. So now we can get good at parenting. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.